0: Hello, and welcome to this edition of Sullivan and Cromwell's podcast series, s Critical Insights. I'm John Hanna, Special Counsel based in s cs Hong Kong office, and today we're going to be talking about hydrogen, why it's such a hot topic, and the government policies that are giving it momentum. I'm delighted to be joined on the podcast, by Enosi Niata, a partner in the firm's New York office and co-head of our global project development and finance practice, and Ziad Wright, who's an associate in our London office who's been closely tracking the regulatory developments in hydrogen and other alternative energy sources. Welcome to you both.
1: Thank you, John. Happy to be here.
2: Thanks. Great to be with you, John.
0: So hydrogen has attracted considerable attention recently, with a notable pickup since early 2020. It's certainly been high on the agenda for governments, infrastructure developers, energy companies, private equity, SPACs and retail investors. In fact, we saw the share prices of some leading publicly listed hydrogen companies rise over a thousand percent during 2020. As of February, 2021, there were 228 large scale hydrogen projects at various stages of development for a combined 300 billion, of proposed investment through to 2030. The large majority of those are in Europe, Asia and Australia. Reading the financial press, there are daily articles on hydrogen with reports of a new hydrogen refueling station being opened and a new green hydrogen production project. Ziad, why has hydrogen attracted such significant interest recently?
2: Well, John, as you note, hydrogen's been attracting a lot of recent interest, and there are a variety of reasons why. So first, I think on the demand side, there's really been an expansion in the range of potential applications for hydrogen, which includes peaking power generation, heating, transport fuels, seal making, and other industrial applications. On the supply or production side, there's been a growing interest in a move away from carbon intensive or grey hydrogen production towards green hydrogen produced using renewable energy instead of fossil fuels, as well as blue hydrogen, which involves carbon capture and storage. Finally, a lot of the recent interest in hydrogen has definitely been stimulated by the fact that both green and blue hydrogen align with the recent global climate agenda, providing the potential to support the achievement of net zero emissions targets particularly in high-emitting sectors such as transportation, chemicals, and industry.
0: Thank you, Ziad. Hydrogen technology certainly seems to have the potential to help reduce emissions in sectors that have previously been considered hard to decarbonise, like steelmaking. This is, of course, not the first time that we've seen hydrogen high on the global political agenda. It was a top priority for the Bush administration way back in 2003. Inosi, what will it take to see the widespread adoption of hydrogen this time round?
1: John, I think there will be some key factors that support hydrogen development this time round. These are likely to include favorable government policies and regulations. Government support will be essential to develop the green hydrogen market. Technological advances are another one, both for hydrogen use and production. Changing economics are also important, particularly the cost of hydrogen production and storage. And, of course, the global climate agenda and industry and public attitudes will be an important factor.
0: Thank you, Anosi. I certainly agree that government policies and regulations are going to be critical in incentivizing investment in the hydrogen economy at a time when other fuel sources are still cheaper for most applications. We've certainly seen positive signs of that with over 30 countries now having implemented national hydrogen strategies, pledging more than 70 billion in support for the hydrogen economy. Ziad, could you tell us a bit about the EU's hydrogen strategy?
2: Sure, John. So in July 2020, the EU published its hydrogen strategy, which is really an ambitious set of policies and targets aimed at stimulating the development of the hydrogen market in Europe. But both in the short term, over the coming few years, but also over the longer term, over the next two or three decades. And to give some brief context, the publication of the EU's hydrogen strategy followed the announcement of the EU's Green Deal, which is a major set of economic and social policies focused on achieving greenhouse gas emission reduction targets by 2030 and 2050. Elements of this plan seek to increase use of renewable and low-carbon energy sources, and offshore wind production in particular is prioritised, as well as the phasing out of the use in fossil fuels, particularly in the power generation sector. The EU's Green Deal investment plan was announced in early 2020 and seeks to mobilise at least €1 trillion of financing for sustainable projects and create a framework for public and private investors to facilitate sustainable investments. So in that context, the EU's hydrogen strategy is aligned with the EU's broader climate agenda and policy objectives, including increasing use of renewable and clean energy production. And it's envisaged that many of the funding proposals contained in the EU Green Deal could potentially be applied towards certain hydrogen projects. So the EU's hydrogen strategy sets out three key phases. During stage one, the EU aims to achieve at least four gigawatts of hydrogen production capacity by 2024, with 15 billion euros of investments focused primarily on the steel and chemical sectors and decarbonisation of existing hydrogen production. During stage two, the EU aims to achieve at least 40 gigawatts of capacity by 2030, with 30 to 50 billion euros of investments, envisaging hydrogen becoming an intrinsic part of an integrated energy system. Finally, during stage three, between 2030 and 2050, the EU anticipates 120 to 130 billion euros of investment in new gas infrastructure for hydrogen, with green hydrogen technologies to be deployed at large scale to reach those hard to decarbonize sectors. Current EU hydrogen policies really fall within four broad categories. One, an investment agenda. Two, research and development. Three, policies aimed at increasing hydrogen demand and scaling up production. And finally, the establishment of enabling market rules. And while the long-term focus is on developing green hydrogen generation, the European Commission recognises that blue hydrogen will be necessary in the short term until the cost of green hydrogen production can be reduced. I think ultimately the EU wide strategy is ambitious and it's a key development, but these goals are largely aspirational at this stage with limited concrete funding allocations to date. However, current and prospective hydrogen market participants should be encouraged as existing and planned fuel cell capacity is generally on track to meet the EU's short term goals at least as plans are already in place for 20 gigawatts of hydrogen generation in five European countries. So if we dig into some of the political commitments to hydrogen at a national level, a number of European governments have also announced hydrogen strategies. Most notably, Germany aims to become a major exporter of hydrogen. Its investment agenda has committed €9 billion to build hydrogen production facilities with a target capacity of 5 gigawatts by 2030, and annual investment of 100 million euros into hydrogen research and development. Additionally, France aims to invest over 7 billion euros to achieve hydrogen production capacity of 6.5 gigawatts by 2030. And Spain has also announced goals to develop 4 gigawatts of capacity by 2030. A range of other European countries have also made political commitments to hydrogen. A UK government energy white paper from 2020 set out plans to develop the national hydrogen market And a full national hydrogen strategy is expected to be published this year. The Netherlands, Norway and Portugal, among others, have also released national hydrogen strategies.
0: Thank you, Ziad. That all sounds very promising for development of the hydrogen economy in the EU. We've seen similar developments in the Asia-Pacific region, where several countries have become early leaders in the hydrogen market. To highlight a few, Japan was the first country to set out a clear political commitment to stimulate the creation of the necessary infrastructure to support a hydrogen economy. It's approved significant investments, both to develop hydrogen infrastructure and for subsidies to developers of refueling stations for fuel cell electric vehicles, often referred to as FCEVs. Moving to South Korea, The key focus of their hydrogen strategy is on developing fuel cell electric vehicles and fuel cell power generation. They're aiming to reach production of 6.2 million fuel cell electric vehicles per year by 2040. Emphasis is very much on blue hydrogen until 2030, and there are similarities at what you described with the EU there. In Australia, stage one of its hydrogen plan focuses on developing supply and demand for hydrogen through pilot and demonstration projects and reforming the relevant regulatory and legal frameworks to establish a good playing field for hydrogen. There's more focus there on producing hydrogen than perhaps some of the other countries that I mentioned, and it's an ideal environment for green hydrogen. Stage two, which should commence from 2025, is focused on scaling up projects to support both domestic and export needs and building hydrogen supply chain infrastructure. Finally, China, which played a huge role in developing solar and battery electric vehicle technologies and incentivized that development with subsidies and other policies. China will clearly be an important market for hydrogen, and they've set the ambitious goal of 1 million fuel cell electric vehicles by 2030. Their track record shows that they have a strong prospect of achieving that and development of technology in China can help to lower the cost and have global benefits just as it did with solar panel technology. Elsewhere in Asia Pacific, many other countries have been introducing national hydrogen strategies including India and New Zealand. Idosi, could you tell us what developments you've seen in the U.S. and South America?
1: Sure, John. In the U.S., the new Biden administration has similarly signaled that hydrogen will be a key focus. The newly created Climate Innovation Working Group, which is part of the National Climate Task Force, has launched an office within the Department of Energy called the Advanced Research Projects Agency Climate Office. This office has funding targets, including for technology leading to the creation of carbon-free hydrogen at a lower cost than hydrogen from polluting alternatives. The new U.S. Energy Secretary, Jennifer Granholm, stated during her confirmation hearings that hydrogen is an important technology for reaching net zero goals by 2050 and also emphasized the job creation potential of blue hydrogen. On the legislative side, tax credits for green hydrogen have been proposed, but not yet enacted. However, the recent extensions of the renewable energy tax credits should be a very strong support for green hydrogen production by lowering the cost of renewable power. A number of initiatives have also been announced at the state level. For example, in December 2020, California introduced a bill mandating the study of hydrogen and 11 U.S. states and two Canadian provinces have recently formed the Western Green Hydrogen Institute, to support deployment of green hydrogen in North America. In South America, Chile is leading the pack. In November 2020, the Chilean government presented a national strategy for green hydrogen with three key objectives. First, five gigawatts of electrolysis capacity under development by 2025 and 25 gigawatts by 2030. Second, to produce the cheapest green hydrogen globally by 2030 and third, to be among the world's three largest hydrogen exporters by 2040. The Chilean government plans to allocate 50 million US dollars to develop green hydrogen projects in Chile and aims to set up three international consortia of companies to develop at least one gigawatt of electrolysis capacity each. The Chilean government is also working to update regulations to facilitate the development of hydrogen projects, for example, The government has reserved almost 12,000 hectares to develop solar projects for green hydrogen and is considering carbon pricing mechanisms to make hydrogen more competitive, potentially imposing quotas for green hydrogen in gas pipelines. Argentina and Colombia are also developing hydrogen policies.
0: Thank you, Innosi. To sum up what we've discussed today, There have been very encouraging developments for market participants, and government policy is likely to be a key driver for the hydrogen economy. But those policies will need to be consistently implemented with concrete funding allocations to catalyze the development of this exciting new market. Please join us for part two of this hydrogen podcast series, where we will look at potential additional government support for hydrogen and discuss considerations for structuring investments in hydrogen projects. For anyone interested in a deeper dive on the subject, we've also published two memos on the hydrogen market, which have greater detail and scope than we can cover in these podcasts. The memos are available over at www.sulcrom.com as are additional memos on various renewable and alternative energy issues. Thank you very much for joining us. Goodbye.